0: Good morning, or afternoon, or evening, whatever is relevant to the part of the world you are in. Indeed, welcome to the Event Horizon, where the impossible happens. Join us each week at this time as we delve into the worlds of science fiction, fantasy, and science fact in all their forms. I am your host, Gene Turnbow. And I am your other host, Susan Fox. And back with us again so soon is Jen Uselis Mackay, the Klingon Pop Warrior. Welcome back to the show. Thank you guys for having me back, <laughs> and you, you, you got, and the reason you're back is because your Kickstarter happened and everything went great.
1: It did. We were a little slower than we wanted to getting the uh, getting the finished product, but I, I feel like the wait was absolutely worth it. So
0: I don't think anybody <laughs> begrudges you that uh, at all. I mean, it's not. This is. I people get used to this. Uh, press a button and it falls out the slot mentality. Yeah, and, instant
2: gratification. You can't get instant gratification out of the the creative process because the muse will just go ha ha and run away. Right. And and boy, I tell you what, the muse struck my uh,
1: my guitar player Joe in a big way throughout the process of recording the new the newest EP. So yeah, we there were a lot of really neat things that that are happening on this one that um, just make it so much bigger than the first than the first one, and and so much bigger than I ever really even imagined it could be. So
2: we should play something that points up his his excellence.
0: I, one of my personal favorites from the new album is "Somewhere Over the Rainbow."
2: I <laughs> just singing, <laughs> which is funny because that's the on. most
1: simple uh, recording of the, of all of the <laughs> yeah, songs on yeah, there.
2: <laughs> well, we love that song.
0: Yeah. Which one? Which one would you recommend that uh, we play for the audience to show off the to showcase his uh, guitar work?
1: Well, you know, it's not even his guitar work on this one. Uh, Joe actually is an incredible violinist,
3: mm, mm-hmm. and
1: he did all of the string arranging on this. He played all of the violin, and he transposed the parts for viola and for um, uh, for the cello. And uh, had a couple friends come in to play to play those, um, but I think that if you really want to just show his incredible skill and just the the way that he he kind of took this project and, and kept it kept it feeling that sort of tribal um, warrior you know war drum feel, but really kind of turned the the acoustic side on its head. I would probably go with Mother Shosh. Mm, Um,
0: Let's play that one. was uh that was pretty amazing stuff. I it the complexity of the of the uh of the music making process uh, for something like this is just um it's it's staggering. I can't imagine how much production work goes into something like that.
1: it's insane and the, the funny story kind of with mother. So originally the only song on the EP that was going to have strings was going to be Bihar uh, don't stop believing, and uh, that was the one that that was the inspiration for for it, and uh, and everything else was going to be pretty rock forward and and you know and and just do that. And so we'd recorded all the drums, and uh, and then we started to record the Joe had started to record the instrumentation for Mother, and then I came in and I did the vocals, and he was working on something else, and then got. He just got inspired, and it was like 10 p.m. on a Tuesday night. (laughs) And I get this, I get a text message that's just like, Hey, what are you doing? And uh, I'm like, I'm laying in bed in my pajamas. Why? (laughs) You know? And he's Uh, like, uh, "Like, I kind of need you to hear something before I go too crazy. And I mean, my response was just like, do I need to put a bra on, you know, <laughs> I <liked it. laughs> do, do I have to leave the house for this? And he replies back like, that would be best. <laughs> and I'm like, OK, then. And uh, and the rehearsal space uh, where we were recording everything uh, is actually only like a three minute drive from my house. So I threw on a bra and I hopped in the car <laughs> and, uh, and I, and
2: hopefully
1: and I drove something over else there. to go with
0: it.
2: Hush you. Pardon? <laughs> Sorry. He said it was hopefully something else to go with it. Hush oh, you.
1: Well, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and I, I uh,
1: drove over there and he had done the bulk of the strings for Mother at that point. And I'm standing there listening to it going, I don't even know if I said anything beyond, this is amazing, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it was just it was beautiful and he's like yeah I don't know I'm thinking I might have Inga come back to play the cello on it and I'm like no actually I really liked the electric bass on it because I felt like that kind of kept the the rock drive mm-hmm. um, but the strings just blew my mind and when he goes into that there's a drums the the drum solo originally it was just going to be the drum solo near the end and then he's he's playing that just mad little violin solo over it i was just i was gobsmacked i i couldn't believe it 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 sounded better than anything i had really ever imagined for this project and and i feel like we really it things up enough
0: (laughs) his talent is very very clear it's um Huh,
2: I think so... I think Klingons, you know, they don't use you know cat gut on their you know violins. They have to like go and hunt their own desperately venomous creature to to get the right parts for the violin strings. Right?
0: Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think, well, know, I
2: mean, he's that he's so... my red shirt, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I stole him. I stole him
1: off of a Federation starship and made him bring his instruments <laughs> with him.
3: Oh. Okay. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's yeah, the, the instruments are all made of patak gut. <laughs> yeah, <there we> <laughs> gut. The phenomenon of uh of fandom creativity and uh and cr- we expect as consumers that the creativity comes from on high and it filters down through the distribution system and it arrives in our televisions or our uh our radios or our uh music players and that's it and it's to see it go the other way to see it come from the base and come up from there
2: you've been filking very long son
0: well obviously (laughs) obviously that's where filk comes from uh but it reminds us that creativity can come from any direction and it's not invalid simply because it doesn't come from a major studio. Uh, What are your, what are your, what's your perspective? What are your, what are your thoughts on that?
1: You know, I, I always joke that this is one of the most irreverent cover band projects. Um, And, you know, a lot of people, you know, musicians, a lot of musicians make, you know, make a, make their money doing covers bands. And um, I spent years singing in covers bands, and it's one of the, the main ways you can actually make a buck. <laughs>
2: That's true. And so the problem with cover bands is sometimes they they try really hard to duplicate the sound, and there's no added value. Um, I'm very keen on unusual covers for things. Um, our uh, DJ uh, Willow uh
0: Willow Leaf Storm. And Willow
2: Le- Leaf Storm, especially on Wednesday nights, will play these electro swing versions of of rock songs, and they're awesome. And
0: they're, they're com- very different. Yeah, they com- they completely changes the flavor of, of the, the music by yeah. by changing by reframing the uh, the cultural context of the film, of the uh, of the music.
1: Yeah, it's it's really about what your what your end result is. I mean, if your end result is to play weddings, then you want to stay pretty true to the originals. mm
3: -hmm, But if
1: your end mm -hmm. result is to, you know, have a good time and just bring a party. Being a little bit more, you know, fluid with being able to have a little more fun with them, I think is it it makes it more fun for for you. I mean, I've I don't ever want to do brown eyed girl again. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Uh you know it's it, because there's just I mean, there's some songs that it just it's impossible to to mess with. And then and then like I hate doing Beatles songs because like, you know, opinions are like, you know what? Um, everybody's got a favorite Beatles song. So you do one and you're down on a slippery slope and suddenly you're just you might as well just be an all Beatles cover. band.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, that's true. There's just no
1: going back. Well, and the,
0: <laughs> what makes a Beatles song sound Give it, give it that signature sound. Is the specific instrumentation and the riffs that they do and yeah. the chord changes and uh just nailing all that stuff down is difficult. Um, the Beatles' music sounds simple, but it's deceptive. It's so deceptive. There's so much going on under the hood there, and if you really listen to it, uh, it is incredibly detailed. And those guys were geniuses.
2: Yeah, what what uh, Beatles song do you think would? translate into klingon i mean
0: (laughs) oh i'm i'm thinking strawberry fields would be great
2: that would make no sense to a klingon (laughs) i know that's why i picked it like helter skelter maybe yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah. (laughs) helter skelter would be good
2: the birthday song
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah it's um so you did cover bands for you did worked with cover bands for a while then and and so it's yeah
1: yeah and that was that was really why this project became a natural sort of evolution when once we did the first once I did that first song with um with improvised Star Trek for the the video mm-hmm. suddenly I was like well what else can we do <laughs> you know yeah and uh, well it, and it all started that's with, really how it how it's been
0: it all started with that that one uh, video that was supposed to be just sort of a joke wasn't it tell us about how how that started. Yeah
4: yeah
1: it was it was well I mean it was one video it was just supposed to be background um in video the video even wasn't supposed to exist. I did the recording just to be background music for an episode of improvised star trek's podcast mm-hmm. and uh it, yeah it was just supposed to come in at the end. the original song was supposed to play, and then somebody was supposed to go computer you know play it in the original Klingon and then my <laughs> you know my recording was supposed to come in. Uh-huh. And then it was supposed to fade out. It was supposed to be like, you know, 20 seconds at the most that mm-hmm. you heard. And then after the recording was done, we're laughing. We're like, this sounds really good. We should make a music video. And so, uh-huh. you know, a couple of weeks later when we had some time, I jumped around in front of the green screen. And then mm-hmm. they took a couple of weeks to uh, to do the the post production on mm-hmm. it. And, you know, jumping around in the green in front of a green screen so they, you know, through on through a background there and stuff like that and the next thing you know it's we've got this little mini viral
0: weirdness
3: right <laughs> yeah
0: because and it was if so people cool like it yeah because it was so cool I think uh, I think we made it the video of the day when it came out
2: which song was this again Jane I, I, I don't
0: remember Hitchop. I don't remember which one it was Hitchop. oh that, yes that was Hitchhop which is uh for those who don't speak Klingon, that translates directly to "bite me," <laughs> but it's uh, it's
2: it's, a, it's the pence, song is "kiss me,"
0: yes, by Sixpence None the Richer. And uh, but
2: Klingons, you know, don't do kissies. They yeah, biting.
0: There's no there's no word for Klingon. <laughs> right. There's no word in Klingon for kissing. Is well, there?
2: Well, kissing's like your know, biting's like kissing. Only there's a winner. Yeah. Which is a famous line from Doctor Who and an episode written by Neil Gaiman, so it must be true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, um, from there, uh, did was there? Where did the idea to, to do an album come from? Did it come from the public asking you, "Hey, where's the rest of the album?" or or you should do an album, or was it? Uh, your idea when you saw how popular this one song got.
1: It was really, it was something that when I saw how popular it was, I'm like, well, what else can we do? And I kind of started poking around and asking people if they had other translations. Mm-hmm. And um, that was when I got Baby One More Time, right. uh, the Brit Spears song. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I kind of like, I kind of collected them over the course of a year. And I knew that if mm-hmm. I was going to make an EP, it Kind of want at least four songs, and by the time I was done, I had ended up with six,
0: and that I had yeah. gotten. So, yeah, yep. that's a good length for an EP. I, the the new one has eight, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Yeah, this could be nope. mistaken for an album, couldn't it? Yes. <laughs> no, it's just five. It, oh, it's, it's five. Just five. Okay, on the one. it's
0: five. So that's that's still an EP. Um, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun to listen to. I mean, it's it's. Um, I don't speak a lot of Klingon. I I know. Nuk dok oh, pooch which is where's the bathroom. And Nuk yuj doppel, which means where do you keep the chocolate? And. No, my
2: first husband was the Klingon. I'm just as happy <laughs> yeah. to have you not involved
0: in that. And there's, then there's something that Klingon shopkeepers say to, uh, pesky browsing, um, potential clients. There's no browsing in Klingon stores you go in. You know what you want, and you buy it, and the, the you start browsing and just being a looky-loo, and you're wasting the Klingon shopkeeper's time, and he says var vikeg, which means "buy or die." Yeah
1: one of my favorite <laughs> moments um on the the new EP the the first song on the EP is Willage Call." uh we're not mm-hmm. going to take it mm-hmm. <laughs> the mm-hmm. twisted sister song and uh near the end uh near the end of the original D Snyder is yelling all kinds of things you know you're all worthless and weak and stuff like that mm-hmm. and so i actually came up with a few things to yell at the end of the song and so i i yell um I just yell call, which means no, it's like, you know, we're uh-huh. not going to take it no.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, and then
1: uh, the next thing that I yell translates to the Federation is
2: really super weak. <laughs> <laughs> Their Your mother mom. has a smooth forehead. <laughs> and uh, and then the last
1: thing that I say is, hey, judge, mom, today is a good day to die. As the song is kind of like ending <laughs> on that last like drum roll.
0: Let's uh well, let's let's include that one here. Let's that's
2: hear it. that. <laughs> Play it, Sam.
4: Well that's cold, but shall cold.
0: yeah, if that was everything you said, it was it's I so wanna, I wanna
2: like Photoshop yeah. D Snyder as a Klingon. I, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be much work but a few bumps. <laughs> that was, yeah,
1: that was another awesome song too, sauce. that didn't originally have strings on it. And Joe kind of got inspired mm-hmm. and added them in. And that song was always supposed to be the first one on the record. Cause I love that intro drum beat. It just kind of, it's like a great call to arms. And, uh, and I thought it'd be really good in that first spot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, And I love the way the strings are are a little more, um, they're a little more subdued and then they come in for the solo and then they kind of, you know, they go kind of fade back into the background a little bit. But I love that it's sort of a great setup for Mm -hmm. the strings on the, on the rest of the EP because you get that little taste. And then the very next song after it is Mother and which is just so string heavy. And, um, and I, yeah, it, it made me really excited that, that Joe added added some strings in there. so
0: It's the flavor of it, you know, it's still Klingon. Um, and uh, the very first song you did, uh, Bishop, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correct. Kitschop? Kitschop. Uh, <laughs> the Klingon war drums are running throughout that whole thing, and I'm going, what the heck? <laughs> and, then it's, and then you start singing in Klingon, and I'm going, oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it, that
1: was uh one of the things on this EP there's no cymbals. Oh. Uh we didn't use any cymbals during the recording process. So everything is just uh snare, floor toms and uh mm-hmm. you know kick drum um and, and stuff like that. It, it, so it's very percussive heavy mm-hmm. but without the cymbals kind of muddying things up and and making it you know a little bit more sparkly so that you really get that sort of warrior war drum kind of feel to it throughout the whole EP.
0: It has a, it has a very meaty sound to it. And that's love and war
2: intertwined. And And, I mean, if the courtship doesn't end up in sick bay, you're doing it wrong.
0: (laughs) Darn tootin. (laughs) So have you performed any songs from the new EP anywhere yet?
1: I have, I actually was, um, I, we, we started performing these songs before the recording process began. Um, Because I needed to build out my set list Mm -hmm. to perform live, um, I started getting more songs to add to the to add last year. And uh, and I was this was really exciting because with the first EP, all of the songs were um, had already been translated by people.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. And, uh, you know, they were ones that, oh, well, I, you know, people were kind of like, oh, I, I translated this. Would you be interested in singing this? And someone was like, I had translated this. Would you, you know? So I was kind of collecting things that people had done, you know, over the years where with this EP, there were still some of those uh, some of those those types of songs. But um, We're Not Going to Take It and Mother and Die Young, I specifically asked for and um, and was able to to ask for some songs and and have people be excited and willing to translate them for me, which was really I mean, it's it was very flattering and, and really exciting to to be able to do something new um and, and also it's like giving them an exercise in klingon and then I get to sing stuff that I'm excited about um I actually helped with the translation of mother mm. and uh which was really exciting for me and uh I have been studying the language a little more um a little more
0: well, actually, the last month, not as much. But
1: uh, <laughs> I'm hoping to pass my level one test this summer. So and by we'll level see.
0: one test, you mean uh, it, this is something administra- administered by the uh, Klingon Language Institute, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes, uh, the, yes
1: the, the Klingon Language uh, Certification Program.
0: Which is, how cool is it that this actually exists? <laughs> Speak
4: it like a native. Uh, yeah.
0: It's like speaking Esperanto like a native. <laughs> <laughs> i can't quite do that I have, i'm a super
1: beginner i'm hoping that i i'm hoping that this time i look at the test and i don't want to like burst into tears that's my hope this year uh, that i
0: uh-huh. <laughs> yeah that's um yeah i was just i was Esperanto is not a country so.
2: it's it's another it's probably one of the earlier invented it's, languages
0: and, yeah yeah yep. anyway
2: it's an old joke.
0: Yeah, but uh, uh, last year sometime, uh, was it last year or the year before, when we talked to... Um,
2: uh, Larry Schoen.
0: Yeah, Lawrence M. Schoen, oh, the no, author Larry. of the author of uh, Barsk the the uh he, elephant's graveyard. Yeah,
2: I pulled a nebula nomination out of it too. We had two of the two of the authors we talked to last year mm. had uh, had nominations, so I felt kind of good about our selection process. But he's also <laughs> the uh the chief guy in charge at least and with the founder anyway of the Klingon yeah. Language Institute. He is his Klingon
1: name is Anghel Angral. I never say it quite right.
2: <laughs> He'll call us and correct us at some point.
1: Yeah, I'm sure he will.
0: That, that's the thing about the Klingon language is that it's, uh, you know, it, English assumes that uh, you have front teeth that work, <laughs> and that they're always going to be in about the same relationship to the the rest of the jaw and uh, the the back of the 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 back of the throat isn't used that much because in right. English we don't have the <clears throat> You know, we don't have the glottals. Well, you don't. Yeah, well, yeah, unless I'm choking on a chicken sandwich, I don't.
2: Well, you uh, you could be Hawaiian. You could be Scottish. You could be somebody who has Do different... Do Hawaiians have that sound? Have the, the glottal stop.
0: Well, well the uh, glottal uh, stop, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, pua'a. Yeah. They, they <laughs>
2: traded uh, their consonants away to the, uh, to the Welsh, you know.
0: Yeah, I, the Welsh <laughs> got them all. Uh, but, um, yeah, uh, in Klingon... Um, if you, if you look at the Klingons from Star Trek The Next Generation, which is where you see most of them, uh, the dentature on a Klingon is not guaranteed to be even remotely uniform. And <laughs> no. And uh, so it makes sense that the language would follow suit, in that it does not rely that much on sounds that you make at the front of the mouth.
2: I, so it's know, all it glottal. Never occurred to me. I guess if you get your teeth punched out, it's a... Uh, Badge of honor. And-
0: well, you know, you have you have Klingons like Worf who have a nicer of, of of teeth, and yeah, then but you he have
2: grew up with uh, parents on Earth, and yeah, foster mm-hmm. parents on Earth, and they probably sent them to a by gosh dentist.
0: Yeah, and then there and then there are uh, you know the other other I can't I can't think of a, a particular example of it, but I know there are other Klingons on the show uh, that had teeth that more closely resembled a warthog. You know, just teeth going in all directions, and how do you, how are you supposed to come up with uh, um, uh, consistent linguistic rules for somebody that has a mouth like that? You know, where the teeth could be anything, and uh, you know, so I think that I think that.
2: So you have a lot of pop sounds, and yeah, clips. a lot
0: of pops and clip clicks, and and a lot of glottal sounds and glottal fries and this kind of thing in the language. So I think that's probably where that came from, and it makes absolute sense, and that's what's so cool about Klingon. It's hard
2: to sing that way, though. Got a lot of respect. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I have a lot of respect for you in that. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it's definitely
1: not something I can do for more than like 45 minutes to an hour um, at a time. So I try to keep my sets short. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm actually performing tomorrow night in in Chicago at a a bar in Chicago in conjunction with um, the – the guys who are working it's schmaltz brewing company they're working with the federation of beer <laughs>
3: to, make,
1: to make the um to make all of the the Kling, the they do all the different star trek beers and so they did uh schmaltz did last cool year's um uh anniversary ale the golden uh-huh. ale mm. and they are they did the klingon imperial porter which is
0: just has just been released and uh, in the last like couple months oh, no, and I so they're throwing a, a big party that. So that's, a, that's a, a local microbrewery, and how would, if if somebody wanted to get their hands on some of that stuff, how would they do it? Well,
2: they must have a website.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, they do. The Schmaltz is, uh, they're actually based, I believe they're outside of St. Louis, maybe, maybe? I don't remember. They're Schmaltz in the Midwest. They've got to have a website,
0: uh, though.
2: That's a joke. And
1: yeah, they do. Schmaltz Brewing, S H S H M A L T Z and... Uh, they, yeah, they. You, you can find out who the, your local distributor is, and from there you can find out who's carrying it. If you have a place that's really good at carrying a lot of craft beer, they and it's in the area, then yeah, oh, um, I can
2: but. find it. Yeah, it's so, on Imperial Porter. It's really yummy. Uh, it sounds, it sounds
0: good. I mean, does it sounds it sounds enticing?
2: I need to take that to my homebrewers and once they're done laughing they'll probably like it
0: and the the name of the company is almost like you know like it's
2: like chicken fat it's a joke
0: oh i was going to say it sounds like malts you know
2: is that what he did Malt. after he, uh, <laughs> he got- the
0: the the uh, the klingon who was responsible of, he he was the first a person to work with humans, the first Klingon to work with humans in in constructing the original Klingon dictionary, according to right. the according to <laughs> canon, it was Maltz.
2: Well, he, you know he couldn't it played
0: by Christopher. Uh,
2: no, it was John Larroquette.
0: John Larroquette?
2: Yeah, that one. Turns Maltz? out, turns out. Oh, uh, that's right.
0: That Maltz was was the one on
2: the. He was the one who I do not deserve to live. Fine, <laughs> I'll kill you later.
0: <laughs> right, I remember. Okay, John Larroquette. That's weird. John Larroquette is part of Star Trek canon.
2: Yeah, it turned out well. He was. They were working on the same lot because um, Star Trek and uh, Night Court were were both, both shooting, shooting at the same time. And and turned out big Trekkie talked his way onto the show <laughs> like many of these other people, and there we are. I'll be darned. <laughs> but his name was Maltz, which is a good thing to have. It was in the, the transporter.
0: The, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, he he was the transporter chief on the Klingon ship. Yep, Malt, cha, choop. Yes, beat me up. Um, so
3: yeah,
1: they're they're actually they're they're really great. The the Schmaltz Brewing folks are are great. They're actually founded as a a celebr a Jewish celebration craft beer. Um, oh, company. okay, and so they, that uh,
2: makes sense. Yeah, yeah, they have
1: they have a, a a beer that I believe is called Hebrew and but uh-huh. like Hebrew. He apostrophe brew. And then they also have one that's called she brew. Uh, so, oh, that's well, that's, funny. that's,
2: you see, that's the, that's where it says in the Bible that men have to make the coffee. It says right there in the table of contents,
0: he brews. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, I've never heard that before. <laughs> I've been living with a Jewish girl for years and I've never heard that before. <laughs> Oh wow! So uh, you said that you can't sing for you can't sing long sets in Klingon.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, definitely a not. <laughs> That's got to be
2: rough on the back of the throat.
0: Is that it? It's the 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 glottal fries in the language that that rip your throat apart.
1: Yeah, very much so. It's and I, a lot of the stuff that I do too. I'm singing pretty big songs. So it, it's a lot of belting plus a lot of uh cord grinding to vocal mm-hmm. oh, cord grinding to get out all those <laughs> and <laughs> the the big q is a is a particularly brutal one. Yeah, you know, so. there's a there's a
0: hard q and a soft q and it's
1: there's yeah, it's like a cuh. if you're looking at the little q it's just uh-huh. like your your uh-huh. typical k sound but if you see the big capital q it's like a cuh sound. It's really mm-hmm. forcefully pushed uh, hard sound. And like, then you have the big H, which is like your lachayim, that like mm-hmm. sound. Um, and then the GH, which is mm-hmm. kind of a, a growl in the back of the throat. So, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of very hard... So, <laughs>
3: that's, that's so this is
2: really, you know, the, all the... All the difficult things about singing in German, Hebrew, French, and Hawaiian—all in the same, you know, sometimes in the same line.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's and when you and then you get certain sounds that sort of back up against each other. It gets really—it just gets wicked hard.
2: <laughs> well, like, here's, here's the word te-
1: te- te- like the big H and then the GH, and making sure that. I, I work really hard at trying to differentiate them uh-huh. um, when I'm singing, but it's sometimes hard. And and I've sort of come to terms with that idea that there are just things, there's things in English that, you know, we don't always finish a, uh, finish a sound at the end of a word. You know, we don't always say the hard R at the end of words and things like that. And, um and, you know, and you sometimes just don't sing things that you would say and I kind of do the same thing with Klingon. Like I, I give myself permission to slur a little bit here and there, and um, but I, I do work really hard on my pronunciation. I feel like I had pretty good pronunciation on the first EP. I feel like with this EP, I, I really, I, I some, of, I'm really proud of, of some of the pronunciation work that I did on this one. Um, I actually messed up a couple things on somewhere over the rainbow near the beginning, but I, uh, the the way that we recorded that song, it wasn't we we did it. We actually recorded uh, Joe was playing guitar and I was singing and we were actually looking at each other like we were in you know looking at each other across the room so that we were kind of breathing together and mm-hmm. we recorded that song together in a single take.
3: Wow. And um,
1: we did two takes of that song and the second one is the one that you hear on the recording. And wow. um, it because of because of that it it was very symbiotic the way mm-hmm. that song is it's it's very Um, You know, it's hard. He can't really play it without me. And it's really hard for me to sing it with, you know, without looking at him and sort of having him there. There's just a lot of little timing things. And um, and so because of that, we couldn't just punch me in Um, with with the other songs. If I made a mistake, we could kind of be like, oh, okay, well, we'll go back and we'll do this little chunk again. And, you know, and we'll fix that. And we couldn't do that with this song. Hmm. So I had a, a couple little pronunciation things at the beginning, but. I loved the take of that. I loved it so much. There's so much to love about about that recording, and I decided that I was going to let the little pronunciation things just sort of stand, (laughs) uh, because uh, because it was such a it it just it turned into such a beautiful heartbreaking little take of the song, and it was like I said, it was only the second one that we did, and um, it, it just. Lovely. It's it's a lovely little. There's just oh. <laughs> I don't even know what I'm saying. It's just there's just so so many little lovely things mm-hmm. that happen during during the recording of it and uh, and so. Well, I, mean, I, I have a, a thing on the first EP where I I, m- I messed up some pronunciation, too. So I feel like every EP now is just going to have to have one song where I, like, screw up a little pronunciation thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and it's, it's a common thing for singers who uh, are singing in languages that are not their mother tongues as well. You know, you listen to French singers right. do covers of English songs and every now and then it's like, wait, what was that? You know, or it, it's especially noticeable with Japanese singers trying to sing English covers, and you you can tell very clearly that they're singing phonetically and have no idea what they're saying. So uh, I think your fans are going to probably let you slide on that stuff.
1: <laughs> More people, speak I do. Chinese. I do work really hard at, at accuracy, though, and, and so um, you know, I, I always try to get it as close as possible. And uh, and then, you know, once I reach a certain point where I'm like, OK, I, there's just no way that, you know, this sounds going to come out. I have to, like, move quickly through it, because mm-hmm. one of the things that I also work on is making sure that I'm not breaking the words up in weird places.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah. even if I get a translation, that's a perfect syllable for syllable count uh You know, if they the some of the translators will, will do that where they'll do a perfect syllable match uh, across the whole song. And, uh, that's
2: but art, <laughs> if they do that, it, pardon. And I say, now that's an art. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, um, it, it's really stunning. And and so, but the, the flip side of that is just because they match the syllables doesn't mean that the words necessarily make sense if you break them up in the same place. Well,
2: that's true. So mm-hmm.
1: I like to, yeah, I like to actually make sure that my words make sense. And I'm not breaking the words up in weird places, just to, just to fit it into the same, you know, the same meter and you know timing that the original had. So the, I play with I play with the timing a
0: little bit and
2: put the accent on the right syllable, make it my
0: own. Yeah, that's exactly it. Put <laughs> right. the accent, accent on the right on the correct syllable, and, and it just that points up the problem perfectly because does. You can say all the the syllables, and have it be gobble, gobbledygook at the end.
2: Now, have we played over the rainbow yet?
0: I don't no, remember. I don't remember. Let's, let's play it.
2: Let's do that.
4: Come
0: This is one of the songs that um
2: I think it's a little too sweet for Klingon personally, but
0: <laughs> you know, but this is this is one of the lower uh the lower production. I mean this is not as heavily produced as the other songs.
2: Happy and little bluebirds. They don't have happy little bluebirds on <laughs> oh, They
0: eat them. <laughs> they're, they're 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 garnish red is blood. They're garnish. <laughs> yeah, that's no, it's like parsley. They don't eat them either. You know, they're just on the plate.
2: You <laughs> they just look nice.
0: Yeah. You know, the little tufts of blue feathers. But nobody actually eats them. Um <laughs> so you're gonna be you're gonna be there and uh do you have any performances upcoming after that one on the schedule? Or yeah. still?
1: I've got um on May sixth. They uh most of them are local at uh-huh. this point. Um there on May 6th, it's out uh, in the suburbs. There's a uh, it's called Fan Fest. Uh-huh. It's part of the Oak Long Public Libraries. They do this annual um, event on free comic book day.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, uh-huh. yeah, uh, it's super fun. They get great turnout. This is the third year they're doing it. And so I'll be singing at that. And uh, there's a guy putting together a night of nerd rock here in Chicago and, uh, in June, mid-June, and that's going to be at a, at another, like a music club, a, a pretty regular club that has normal music most of the time, not nerdy music. Mm-hmm. So, um, I should get to play there. And then in July, it's the KEPOP, uh, which is the big mm-hmm. annual Klingon Language Institute, uh, their, their big annual meeting. And so I'm hoping that I can, uh, talk them into letting me sing for them this year. Uh, last year I hosted the, the Saturday Night Cabaret and sang one song, but. I would love to be able to actually sing for them.
0: <laughs> Are there other Klingon singers now? I mean, you must have been the one of the one of the first.
1: Well, uh, uh, there was Il Troubadour. Il Troubadour has been performing for a while. They actually do stuff more. Um, they do a lot more like classic stuff,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, they have some. C- they have some CDs. They have a cello, um, mandolin, and uh, I think uh, a hand drum. Usually on theirs and then they they like bust out a clarinet every once in a while too. <laughs> um, they're really fun. They're really fun live. Um they do some Klingon stuff, but they also do some other like fun fandom stuff. They do like a song in Wookiee and they do um uh what is it, Zub Zub, the song that the Ewoks <laughs> sing and yeah, I mean, they do a whole bunch of stuff. Um and then there is a girl, I can't remember what her name is, but she actually has I She's been doing opera, I think, in Klingon. Oh my
2: Klingon gosh. opera was a thing in uh, a
1: couple of right.
2: episodes.
1: Um. So, but she's been doing. I think that there are actual translations of like Mozart arias and stuff like that. <laughs> like she's doing. Huh. She's doing uh, doing opera in Klingon. Well, so I was thinking
2: more Tosca. I mean, she kicks yeah. <laughs> kicks her butt.
1: So so there there's her, there there have been other people um I definitely take a little pride in the fact that uh my pronunciation is, is some of is 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 really high regard highly regarded It's your elocution but, is
2: outstanding anyway yeah,
1: in in the Klingon language circles and so it, you know it's fun to do the project for for everybody and part of the reason that I specifically do covers of um of popular songs is because it it's Anybody can hear it and listen to it and laugh and enjoy it. They don't mm-hmm. have to be a Star Trek fan. Um, you know, they, they don't have to be a Klingon fan. They can hear these songs, recognize them, even sing along, you know, in English if they want to. Um, and hopefully enjoy the production, you know, and, uh-huh. and this and the actual sound. Um, and I can go to conventions and do it at conventions and perform. And, and it's not just going to be Star Trek fans who are going to get a kick out of it. True. And, uh, and so that's, that's part of the reason that I, that I specifically do what I do, um, and the, the kinds of songs that I do, but, um, I, I do work really hard at, at working and, and giving credit to the Klingon language community. Um, the, the people who've helped me with my translations are just amazing and, uh, and let's, so fine. Let's give some of them and a shout
2: uh, out. Who's been doing your translations?
1: Oh, so on the newest EP, um, Michael Roney Jr. Uh, mm-hmm. is known as, uh,
3: Nahun.
1: And he did the translation for translation of We're Not Going to Take It and the translation of Die Young.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: He was also on my first DP. He had done the translation of uh, My Heart Will Go On. <laughs> and then um, Chris Lipscomb, Kerr. he did the translation of Over the Rainbow, which we actually got to change. this. Uh, his original translation had a different word for rainbow because there wasn't actually a word for rainbow when he translated it. And ah. then at Kepa last year, we got a word for rainbow.
2: That, ah, so,
0: kids. Marco so Grand you know, came up with that. I mean, it is yeah. Marco Grand uh, goes to these things and periodically fills in missing vocabulary.
1: <laughs> Correct. <laughs> That's yes. awesome. So we got it. Yeah, yeah awesome. we got a new word. And uh, and so we got to alter that translation a little bit. And uh, he was he, on the first EP. He had also done "Baby One More Time" and "Love Is a Battlefield." And then um Mavis Peterson, uh, she was new to the project. She did the translation of Don't Stop Believin'. Yeah. And uh, she had actually done that one a while ago. But when I told her I was interested in re- when I found out and I asked if I, you know, she would let me record it, she was like, absolutely. And I said, you know, I don't know how long ago you did this. Do you want to go back through and double check your translation? And so she actually did go back through and um double checked it to see if you know she was still happy with the way she translated it and she did make some adjustments. And what else what else is on there? Um, shosh Mother. Uh John Harness. He's uh Chicago. He's based in Chicago. Um I he's great dude. <laughs> I really <laughs> like John. Um and he helped me translate Mother actually. I went to him and was like, can you help me do this? Because I'd started it but I realized I didn't have the grammar skills to really make it happen. Mm -hmm. And so, um, between the two of us, I, I kind of did some cultural cultural translating, um, to kind of make the the lines that weren't necessarily very Klingon a little more Klingon, um, culturally. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, John did a lot of the heavy lifting with the grammar. And, and then between the two of us, you know, we were, he either would know a word or I was hunting for words and things like that. So, um, and what else is on there? Is it Don't Stop Believing Over the Rainbow? That's it. There are five songs. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you very much for joining us on this evening's episode of The Event Horizon. This is your third time on the air with us, and we're so glad that you were able to stop by. I'm Gene Turnbow, and uh, with me is Susan Fox. Hello. We have been speaking to Jen Ucellas Mackay, the Klingon pop warrior. Thank you for joining us. You have been listening to episode 167 of Krypton Radio's weekly production of The Event Horizon, broadcast on April 29th, 2017, for this episode, with your hosts Gene Turbo and Susan Fox. Our guest this week has been Jen Uselis Mackay, the Klingon Pop Warrior. To purchase the album from which the songs you have heard on today's program came, please visit CD Baby and search for The Klingon Pop Warrior. If you liked this week's episode and you would like to hear more of them, please visit patreon.com slash kryptonradio and chip in. There is no National Public Radio Fund coming to our rescue each month. That comes directly from you, the listeners. We do also support advertising, and we gladly accept sponsorships, but we are we're hanging ten here. We're doing this all on our own with your help. The Event Horizon title sequence was written and produced by Gene Turnbow. The Navigator was Christine Cherry. The Science Officer was Science Fiction Illustrator Mark Schurmeister. The Engineer was Christian B. McGuire. And the Captain was voiced by none other than the legendary science fiction writer Larry Niven. This program and its contents, except those parts obviously owned by others, is copyright 2017 by Krypton Media Group, Incorporated. The Event Horizon is sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. And that Patreon link, again, is patreon.com slash You have
3: our gratitude.